I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Marianne Williamson is one of the most... Uh, She is one of the most influential women of the modern spiritual world and the modern spiritual movement. She's had an enormous impact on me personally. Long before I had a book club and a platform to actually talk about spirituality, I loved her book, A Return to Love, so much that I went out and I bought 1,000 copies of the book. And then I invited her to the show. And everywhere I'd go, I'd be in a restaurant. I'd say, have you read Marianne's book? And I'd say, no. I said, I have one right here for you. (laughs) Anyway, today Marianne is going to talk about the spiritual purpose of relationships. Marianne Williamson. about your relationships, our relationships to each other, but in the context of our relationship to the universe and to God himself. We're making a mistake if our spiritual conversation is relegated to me or to you. The spiritual conversation is by definition about us. The spiritual conversation is about we. So let's begin by contextualizing the universe and seeing the universe like a house that is wired for electricity. And you and I are lamps. And the lamp could be tall, it could be short, it could be any color, it could be any shape, it could be any design. The power of the lamp has to do with the electricity that causes the light to shine through it. So no matter what the lamp is, if it's not plugged in, it doesn't shed any light. And the light does not come from the lamp. The light comes from the electricity. Now, A Course in Miracles tells us enlightenment is a shift in self-perception, in self-identification, from body identification to spirit identification. If I only think of myself as my body, as my circumstances, as what happens in my life, all about me, all about mine, I'm identifying with the lamp. If I identify with my spirit, I'm identifying with something much bigger than me, something which flows through me, something which extends through me and lights up the entire universe. To the extent to which I think of myself as a lamp whose only purpose is to plug in so that light might shine through me, that is how I actualize and become the lamp that I can be. Now, the universe itself is intentional. So when we talk about my intention for this or my intention for that, that can actually be misused. If we think in terms of the intentionality of the universe, something much bigger is going on. When you have an egg and it meets a sperm, they come together, and then all of a sudden these miraculous occurrences 
begin to reveal themselves. <clears throat> cells begin to appear out of this natural intelligence, which is the electricity of the universe. It is intentional. It is so intentional that not only do cells appear, but cells actualize, and then they begin to collaborate with other cells. And the next thing you know, you started with an egg and a sperm, then other cells begin to appear, and the next thing you know, you have a brain. And the next thing you know, you have spleen, and you have eyeballs, and you have skin, and you have a heart, and you have lungs. This natural intelligence that is emerging and working through these cells. And then the universe, in its intentionality, turns the embryo into a baby. So the universe is intentional turning embryos into babies. The universe is intentional turning acorns into oak trees. The universe is intentional, turning buds into blossoms. So this intentionality of the universe, the same intentionality of the universe, an embryo doesn't have to say, I intend to become a baby. <laughs> the acorn doesn't have to say, I will become an oak tree. Rather, the embryo and the acorn are used by the larger intentionality of the universe, whose intention they are that they become the highest creative manifestation possible for them. So just as the universe intends that the embryo becomes the baby and intends that the acorn becomes an oak tree, it intends that you become the highest possible creative manifestation for you in this life. The universe already intends it. And so as we allow ourselves to be used for the larger intention of the universe, that is how we find our highest self-actualization. Now, this universal imprint is in nature itself. Now, let's talk about how these cells operate, not only from the time they originally emerge in the embryonic form, but also what happens after you're born, and these, these cells continue to operate. The lungs continue to breathe, the heart continues to beat. First of all, the self actualizes. The cell actualizes as the best that it can be. That's first, the self-actualization of the cell. <clears throat> Second of all, collaboration. The cell collaborates with other cells. Third, they collaborate in order to be of service to the higher functioning of the organ and the organism of which they are part. Three things, actualization, collaboration, and service. What happens, however, in the body when a cell says, no, I don't want to? You see, this is the difference between the cell and the body the embryo, the acorn, and you and me. The acorn doesn't get to say, no, I don't want to. You and I can. We either say, yes, use me, natural intelligence, or don't. And so what happens in the body when a cell says, I don't want to? I don't want to just collaborate with other cells so I can be part of the higher functioning of the spleen. <laughs> I want to go off and do my own thing. And I'm going to get other cells that think the same way I do, and we're going to build our own little kingdom over here. What do we call that, ladies and gentlemen? Cancer. Cancer. It is a malignancy in the body, and it is a malignancy in the spirit. And that is what is wrong with the human race. We have been infected by a spiritual malignancy. <clears throat> and that spiritual malignancy is, it's all about me. That spiritual malignancy is, I'm just here to get what I want and do what I want. It's not about like actualizing so that I can be my best, so that I can collaborate with you. And then we wonder why our relationships don't work. We're making it all about me, but somehow I want a good relationship with you. <laughs> so how's that supposed to work? But actualization and collaboration and service are the key to right relationship because they are the way 
God operates, natural intelligence operates, whatever word we are using by which we understand these things. Now, the universe and its intentionality, like we were saying, the universe intends this natural intelligence of the cell to become all that it can be and then to collaborate with others. And the cancer cell, the malignant cell, is the cell that somehow goes insane and it disconnects from its natural intelligence. That's what happens to us when we disconnect from our natural intelligence. We are like lamps that are not plugged in. That is why we meditate. That is why we pray. That is why we have spiritual practice to plug in. That is why we wake up in the morning and we don't just say, what do I want? You know, sometimes I've heard people talk about intentionality in terms of a business meeting. Think about this. If your relationship at a business meeting is that you are asked by someone, what is your intention? And you say, my intention is that I sell 500 units of this product. That's my intention. But let's talk about what that means. That means you're going into the business meeting. Your intention is to sell 500 products. That means you are actually subconsciously programming yourself to manipulate and exploit the person in front of you so that they will buy those products. That is the sickness of our society that we have become transactional rather than relational. <laughs> and that's why may God's will be done. May God's will be done means may all loving thought for all living things, past, present, and future now occur here. Knowing that when love is present, natural intelligence flows through. That's what it means for the lamp to be plugged in in a moment of love. If your intention in any situation is to give love, you know, when, you, when Oprah talks about her show, what is the intention that lifts it up to the highest? I actually heard her once say, as soon as I get something wonderful, my first thought is, how can I give it away to everybody else? Now, that's the, that, that is so much bigger than the intention of what we associate with someone who's successful. It's a cosmic intention. If it's only your intention as you, then it's low-level vibration. And by the way, if that's your low-level vibration, yes, you will collaborate with other cells, but you will collaborate with other cells as sick as you are. So what we want to be open to is the intentionality of the universe. The highest expression is, dear God, use me. Dear spirit, use me. Dear love, use me. Now, the universe is already intentional. The universe intends that you become the highest manifestation possible for you in this lifetime. And so it has a tool by which this is accomplished, and it's called relationship. First of all, if I'm only thinking about me, I'm not in my right relationship with God, spirit, natural intelligence, because my right relationship with natural intelligence or love is that I be used to receive that love and then extend outward. So if I'm in right relationship, you make, your, you make spirit your primary relationship. If your spirit is your primary relationship, then your relationship with other people will be correct. If your relationship with spirit is unaligned, your relationship with other people would be unaligned. Correct. But if your relationship with spirit is aligned, use me. Use me as an instrument of love. So then I don't go into a relationship with you trying to sell you something, exploit you, manipulate you, or in any level, even the most subtle levels, try to get what I want. It's so trendy these days. What are you looking for in a relationship? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? Which is really saying, how can I get other people to serve my needs as I define them? But that, by definition, means that I see myself as separate from you, which by definition is a core belief that makes me not in relationship with you. 
Anytime I define myself, anytime we see ourselves as separate from others, you are by definition not talking about the level of your ultimate reality, and your ultimate reality is the level on which you are already one with other people. You don't have to create intimacy. You simply sink down into that place where how much more intimate could we be than that we realize we are each other. Because on the level of the lamp, on the level... <clears throat> On the level of the lamp, on the level of the body, you're over there and I'm over here. But as Einstein said, time and space themselves are just illusions of consciousness. So on the level of the body, you're over there and I'm over here. Enlightenment shifts to spirit identification rather than the body identification, which is there's no place where my spirit stops. My spirit doesn't stop at my flesh. Your spirit doesn't stop at your flesh. So there's really no place where you stop and I start. We're like sunbeams thinking we're separate from other sunbeams. We're like waves in the ocean thinking we are separate than other waves. Now think about this. If I think that I'm just one wave in the ocean and I'm surrounded by this huge ocean, how could I not be terrified of the ocean? How could I not be terrified of other waves? How could I not be terrified that other waves are going to completely overwhelm me? But if I realize <laughs> I'm one with the whole freaking ocean, I'm like one with this thing. I move, it moves. We're a powerful thing. And I have no problem recognizing my oneness with the rest of the ocean because therein lies my power. So relationships are actually, <clears throat> relationships are actually assignments made by natural intelligence. Every cell is assigned. You go to the, you go to the liver. You go to the heart, you go to the spleen, you go to the lungs. Natural intelligence assigns the cells, and natural intelligence assigns us. You go into the arts. You go into, you go into science. You go into education. You go into this. And same with you, meet her, sit next to her. You, you're going to sit next to her. You, you're going to sit next to him. So relationships, because the universe, the body is a perfect ecosystem. Nature knows exactly what it's doing. But it's not like the body is an ecosystem and the universe isn't. So we are all being assigned all the time. Now, sometimes I hear people say, oh, where am I supposed to go? And I'm waiting for my purpose to reveal itself. Like you're going to get something FedEx in the mail or something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> but the truth of the matter, if you really want to know, one day I said to somebody, I said, oh my God, I know exactly where you're supposed to be and I know exactly what you're supposed to do. This is amazing. Do you want me to tell you? And she said, yeah, where am I supposed to be and what am I supposed to do? I said, okay, you're supposed to be right here. And you're supposed to be talking to me. How do I know? Because you are right here and you are talking to me. <clears throat> now the choice is what are you going to do with that? So every The Course in Miracles says every relationship is an assignment made by this natural intelligence, made by the spirit, to foster the intentionality of the universe running through you, the intentionality of the universe being that both people are lifted to the highest level of creative possibility. That does not mean we will necessarily like each other. What that means is that in each other's presence and in combination with each other, we have the maximal opportunity for soul growth. Now, have you noticed, I've noticed, isn't it easy to be enlightened when everybody's really nice to you? <laughs> isn't it like God's so easy to be enlightened when everybody's doing exactly what you want them to do? 
but where's the growth in that, right? The universe doesn't work like that. Anytime you think, wow, I'm doing so good, I'm so spiritual, I'm so loving, I'm so forgiving, have you noticed that's about when the universe goes, ooh, can you take that? Because <laughs> that person's going to be really rude right now. That person is going to be really, really challenging to you. How is it that when you have a rough emerald or a rough amethyst or a rough ruby, how do they get smoothed out? They rub up against each other. And we're, to say that we're assigned to people with whom we have the maximal opportunity of soul growth actually means that relationships are laboratories of the spirit. They are hospitals of the soul. They are the places where the wounds that we hold will be brought up because that's the only way they can be healed. If you go to the doctor and you have a broken elbow, the doctor doesn't say, hey, let's look at that knee. <laughs> Now, if a, if a baby, a little child, comes up to its mommy or its daddy and says, I have a boo-boo, I have a boo-boo, I have a cut on my hand, then mommy or daddy says, here, let me, let me, let me kiss it. It'll be fine now. When a person shows you their wounds, and we all have them, we all had childhood, we all have triggers, and those triggers and those wounds are to God, to the universe, no different than that little cut on the hand of the child. Our salvation lies in being available, like Brene was saying, being available for the healing of the other. But the ego mind, which is the mind that resists relationship because it resists love, because it resists God, it is the delusion of the separate self. If I see your wound, remember your wound as an adult doesn't manifest like a cut on the body, it manifests as a character defect. Now that character defect, our neuroses are not where we're bad, it's where we're wounded. But only the enlightened master next to you knows that. The other, that person just thinks, God, you're obnoxious. God, you're rude. God, you're controlling. God, you're needy. Now, that's why you're with that person. But instead of saying, oh, honey, let me kiss your boo-boo, I go, ugh. I want nothing to do with you, and I resist the relationship because I have forgotten the purpose of the relationship is, number one, for me to actualize, for me to say about myself, would God have me reject you because you're wounded? Is that what it, would spirit have me reject you because you're wounded? Is that what love does? If my right relationship with the universe is to be love, then I'm to stand in the presence of your wound and to know that what's not love is a call for love. That doesn't mean I, I need to date you. It doesn't mean I need to marry you. It doesn't mean I have to have sex with you. It doesn't mean I need to work with you. But it does mean that my spiritual calling, in order for me to be in the right relationship with the universe, my right relationship with love, my right relationship with spirit, and my right relationship with you, is to stand here not in judgment or in blame. Not to say, well, you're not giving me what I want, but rather to ask that I be an instrument of love. Otherwise, I'm not actualized. And if I'm not actualized, I cannot collaborate with you. This relationship, whatever it is, is not just for me to get what I want, but so that we might be collaborative in serving the flow of love through us for all living things. And then we serve something higher than ourselves. That's why our relationships don't work, is because we're trying to use them for our purposes only. But that malignant thought is exactly what we are here as a species to evolve beyond. And we must, because humanity itself is now at a crossroads. There will either be mass enlightenment or mass global destruction. Those are the only two choices humanity has at this point. And that is why all of this is happening. All of these books are being written, all of these television shows, all of the individuals who are 
understanding within us that our purpose here is to be used for something higher than ourselves and to greet everyone we meet with that namaste consciousness where we know this is something holy going on here. It is a holy encounter if I intend that it be so. So this is the way we do it. We wake up in the morning and we ask. This is how the lamp plugs in. We ask that our intention be, where would you have me go, we say to natural intelligence, to love, to God as we understand it. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? This puts you in right relationship with the intentionality of the universe, with your primary function on the earth. And then we are asked to see that in every single relationship encounter, even the most casual ones, either God is in everyone or God is in no one. You know, I gotta tell you something. The highest power position, the highest power thought is not, I am unique. The highest power thought is, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just as wounded as everybody else. I'm just as hurt as everybody else. I'm just as hungry as love for everybody else. Because that gives you empathy. That gives you compassion. And then relationships aren't even something you have to strive for. Relationship is something, the, it, it is simply the primal state of being. Cells are in relationship with each other. And then we heal. And then all of the wounds that we have, you know, in Western psychotherapy, Western psychotherapeutic, psychotherapeutic tradition and mentality is all about how can, we, how can we analyze our wounds and learn more about our wounds and own more about our wounds. Yes, we have to look at them. But you know, I heard an oncologist talking the other day and he was saying that what happens in cancer is that the body gets confused and it begins protecting the tumor. We start coddling our neuroses. We start talking about our wounds more than talking about the fact that in any given moment, I might be wounded, but I can choose not to act from my wound. <clears throat> I don't have to act from it. <clears throat> and, when I'm a, and when I'm having an awful thought, I can say, I surrender this thought because I know that I'm not actualized. If I'm, not at the, if I'm having a critical thought, if I'm having a negative thought, if I'm having a blaming thought, if I'm having a victimizing thought, I might not be evolved enough to not have that thought, but I can be evolved enough to say, I am willing to see this differently. I'm willing to ask for a divine intercession from a thought system beyond my own to enter into this thought system and restore the celestial order within my thinking so that I will bite my tongue, I will not send a text, I will not send an email, I will not, bite, I will not pick up the phone, I will not listen to the part of me that says, no, I, I, he needs to hear this, and he needs to hear this from me now. <laughs> I can be aware enough and experienced enough to know that probably will not get me what I want. That is my ego mind by self-hatred posing as my self-love. You know what? Years ago, I said to myself, oh, Marianne, you don't have to worry about a devil. There's no devil out there stalking men's, you know, this planet from insoles. That's completely all in your mind. And then I stopped and I thought, all in my mind. That's the worst place it could possibly be. <laughs> so we don't believe in some devil out there, because ultimately there is no out there. But what there is in all of us, the tendency to perceive without love. And if we are perceiving without love, we will not ultimately be happy. We will not ultimately be successful in the sense of what success means in an enlightened sense. And we will definitely not be in relationship. So we can know that those voices are there because we are wounded, because wires got crossed. 
We all had childhood, and we all have, have had the experiences in life of betrayal, of unkindness, and sometimes those situations are right in front of us right now, particularly in relationship and particularly in intimate relationship. But you know, when couples ask me, how do we make our relationship better? Often I say to myself, I'll say to a woman, when your husband left this for the house this morning, did you pray for his happiness? Did you, when, you're, when you, whoever your partner is, your lover is, your child is, did you pray for their happiness this morning? Kind of forgot to do that. That's what that plugging in of the lamp is. And in any given moment, we can practice it. Just like with yoga or any other physical exercise, you're training your external muscles. With spiritual practice, we train our attitudinal muscles. And just like with yoga, you, get, you discipline your muscles so that you can rest in that place. With spiritual place, we discipline our thoughts. Yes, we all have those thoughts. Yes, we all have those selfish thoughts. Yes, we all have those negative thoughts, etc. But we can take a stand. We can take a stand for love. We can take a stand for the universe. We can take a stand for enlightenment. We can take a stand for God, which is ultimately we can take a stand for our own selves. That is self-care. That is self-love. Self-love is knowing that myself is more than myself with a little s, itself with a big s. And when we ask, may I be actualized today? That doesn't mean I won't fall off the spiritual wagon every once in a while. There's nothing, word with the wrong, nothing wrong with the word try when it comes to our spirituality. We try, sometimes we get it wrong, sometimes we say things we wish we hadn't said, we do things we wish we hadn't done, but we can atone and we can make amends, and we can start over, and we can be even better, and we can know yesterday I was weak, but today I can be strong. And everybody that I meet, if I, if that I meet, if I love you, I'm going to continue to meet people like you, and where I'm good, I'm even going to get better. And where I get it wrong with you, I'm going to meet you again down the road, and I might have been weak in this relationship last time, but I'm going to be strong now. Where I was weak, I'm going to be strong. And where I was selfish, I'm going to be giving. And where I was bound in fear, my love is going to free me because I, no better than anyone else, but no less than anyone else, am an instrument of God. I am a lamp. I am a lamp through which this light is meant to shine. And when we realize that, that all of the children of God are special and none of the children of God are special, the Course in Miracles says, the people who have achieved the most in the world have achieved a fraction of what all of us are capable of. They have achieved that which is potential in all of us. When I think of the Oprahs of the world, that's what I think of. They have actualized that which is potential in all of us, and that's why we're grateful to them. They are displaying that which is possible for all of us, not just because of her relationship to you, her relationship to me. It's because Oprah and people like that are clearly in relationship with the ages. They're in relationship with the universe. They're in relationship with something bigger. They are in honor of their ancestors and in service to our descendants. That's relationship, and that is love. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. 